The views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, advertising partners, or ownership of Forever Communications. It's time for the Tri-State Sports Podcast, presented by Tyson Foods of Obion County and the Hawks Nest. Now, here are your hosts, John Thornton and Jordan Taylor. And welcome in. It is the Tri-State Sports Program, presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Obion County on RadioNWTN.com and all across our Facebook network of Facebook pages, including the Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, the WENKWTPR Facebook page, the Union City Sports on Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, and the Sports 731 Facebook page. Our WENK playback will be on Thursday night following the conclusion of Lady Vols basketball on WENK. You can follow myself, John at John underscore MT18. You can follow Jordan at JT underscore 1823. You can follow the Froggy handle at NWTN underscore Froggy. And you can follow the Sports 731 Network handle at at Sports 731 Net. Or text us on the text line at 731-885-9999. Doing a later Tuesday show this week because both of us are uh, pulling what little hair we have left out because uh, we are running around all over the place doing high school basketball and region tournaments. Uh, it has been a fun but uh, very busy last few days, Jordan. That it has. Uh, obviously, um, you, know, you think about what what you do when the when the, when the game starts, when the clock starts for the radio or the, or the streaming, and um, you know, that part's easy to me. It's the part of uh, getting prepared and and uh, learning about some of these opponents, John, that, that we really haven't seen throughout the season. Yeah, uh, having to prep for for teams, trying to get rosters trying to uh, talk to the head coaches and get some game prep. So it's a, uh, there's a lot, especially when you don't know matchups until a day or two before. So it, it definitely uh, makes things challenging, but Hey, that's the beauty of this. We love it. That's what we do. So um, looking forward to another fun night tonight of covering some basketball. Yeah. We're going to get into a recap and everything going on in region tournaments around West Tennessee. We'll do that in segment three of the show here today. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, plenty to unpack from what's been a great few days of region tournament basketball. Girls last night wrapped up their semifinals. They're moving on to the championship games. Boys will punch their tickets to championship games and sectional berths, obviously on the line tonight as well. But uh, we got to touch on it, Jordan. UT Martin basketball, it's good times right now for the yes. Skyhawks. The men sit 19-10, and 12-4 and four in the conference after five straight wins. They're tied for first, and if they win out, two games remaining, both at home this weekend – they went out. They will have the number one seed in a buy, a double buy uh, at the OVC tournament. So obviously, a lot on the line for them. The women sit thirteen and fourteen, ten and six in the OVC. They're now tied for second, and obviously dueling it out, trying to get a solid seed after what was a rough start to the year for them with some injuries. The young group that Coach Kevin McMillan has is kind of coalesced and start, starting to come together at the right time, and uh, going to be exciting to watch both of these teams as uh, they get ready to go to Evansville. Yeah, you know, what Coach Ritter's done in such a short time on the men's side is, is really incredible how he's really turned this thing around. And uh, they're very obviously very competitive um, in, in every game they're, they're in. And, you know, the, this conference is not easy. It's a very balanced conference. I think that's one thing that we've learned uh, about, you know, D1 schools that are not, you know, the SEC or the ACC, some of these smaller conferences. Um, you know, as Jared Davidson's commented here, if the men winning out, uh, a two seed if Moorhead went out as well. I don't know what the what the other Little one is. Rock. Little, Little Rock. Little Rock. Okay. Uh, but anyway, 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, UT Martin, what men, what their men have been able to do, what Coach Reeder's been able to do in such a short time, I think has been uh, really remarkable, and a lot of credit goes to him. And then on the women's side, uh, we, we talk about it every time, uh, every time this time of year, John. We talk about how Coach McMillan just always has them ready, always has them playing good basketball when it comes tournament time. Yeah, uh, and obviously they've been able to make some big noise when they're not supposed to in the tournament. So uh, hopefully this year one of them can cut down the nets and make that NCAA tournament and perhaps make some noise uh, when we get to serious March as well. Moving on to some Tennessee news. Obviously, a lot to talk about on that front, both on the football and basketball front. Uh, Josh Heupel has added two new assistant coaches. We had talked about it last week. He's looking to fill the running back and linebacker vacancies. Darrell Sims is going to be the new running back, running back, running backs coach. I'll get it out eventually. Uh, comes to Tennessee there, from Cincinnati. Uh, What's the, five out, the five hours of sleep is showing now. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's all going to catch up to us. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, Derail Sims, he comes from Cincinnati. He's also very familiar with the Carolinas area, so he can help in recruiting uh, when it comes to that. And William Inge, Ing, do you know how you say this? I have no idea. Uh, he's the new linebackers coach, comes from Washington, where he was the co-defensive coordinator. He was originally going to go with Kalen DeBoer to Alabama, but never officially took that job and uh, has really just still been on the West Coast in California all this time until uh, this hire was made. So what were your thoughts on these two hires? And Josh Heupel, you know, we had asked offensively, does he stay in-house? But uh, we didn't really know what to think defensively. Well, both out-of-house hires here yeah. with some new blood coming into Rocky Town. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, some really good hires. Uh, you know, we talked about it when when these positions came open. Heupel's uh, been typically a guy, especially as a head coach, that likes to promote from within. Uh, he likes to look at his current staff and and promote some of those guys that are at lower level positions. Uh, and we we both kind of agreed that you know we felt like it was time to maybe bring bring some different guys in. Uh, they were starting to lose some some lower level coaches, uh, and you know it's just I don't know that it was. You can't demote. I mean, you can demote somebody, but I don't think he wanted to do that to fill some of these roles. These are kind of lower end jobs, so I uh, kind of expected him to to go out and, and branch out and find some uh, some good skill set. And obviously, if these are two coaches that he feels uh, confident about, then uh, I think Tennessee fans, obviously, the trust that they have in Heupel, uh feel really good about these hires. Well, and it's great to know as well when you think about you didn't have to make two other hires that would have been brutal losses. Kelsey Pope was heavily targeted by Georgia. Uh, Tennessee was able to persuade him to stay. And Rodney Garner uh, heavily pursued by his alma mater, Auburn, um, and he stays as well. And those are two positions that we yeah. have seen make big strides uh, under those two coaches. And so it almost feels like a win on a double-edged sword here of you keep two of your critical uh, assistants and you bring in two new ones as well. Yeah, and, you know, with Garner, you know, you talked about – him being a, an Auburn guy, I saw on uh, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it these days. Um, one of his kids was talking about how they they uh, were talking to him about, about how different it is in living in Knoxville compared to living in Auburn, Alabama. How much better it is. Um, so that's that. I don't know that. I know he has older kids. I think I think they're in college there at Tennessee. Um, but you know, he talked about the fact that you know, or they talked about the fact that it's just a much better way of living, much better place to live, and, and we're hoping dad would stay put. So I guess that, that probably had a little influence as well. Sure, that helped uh, win the day uh, for Rodney Garner as well. Uh, on the NCAA front, we did get a ruling from the judge in the state of Tennessee and Virginia versus the NCAA. They both win as expected in this NIL case, meaning the NCAA, at least for the moment, cannot block recruits from talking to NIL firms during the recruiting process and it puts a halt into the NCAA's probe into Nico. Um, 
it kind of felt like that was the way this was going the whole time. A uh, good ruling for Tennessee in Virginia and really the NCAA and really all college football teams as a whole. But uh, the NCAA just feels like, uh, Jordan, every time we go through this kind of exercise in court, they just keep losing. So you almost wonder, when are you just going to give it up? Yeah, I th- we talked about it. I think we're headed towards independent college football eventually. I mean, the NCAA doesn't hold a whole lot of power anymore. It doesn't seem like. Um, and you just you just mentioned it. The last few times that they've tried to call some havoc is the best way I can say it. Uh, it hasn't worked out very well for them. Going into this situation, didn't have all their facts in place. Um, and, you know, these teams brought that brought that out and showed, you know, showed that and kind of made the NCAA look stupid at times. So, obviously, very, uh, very thrilled that it went the way it did. I've laughed in the face of a couple of uh, our coworkers that are Alabama fans. Uh, they're not, not very far from me right now that like to make fun of uh, what was happening in Tennessee, <laughs> what was happening in Tennessee. But um, I think it's hilarious because everybody said that we were buried and we were done. And uh, just a couple months later, not even a couple months, about a month and a half or so, everything was, was done. So I'm, I'm happy that it happened the way it did. Well, and the thing, the funny thing about we this. Sa- all- we've saved teams like Alabama. Yeah. There, there was more of this out there. Yeah, well, and it was going to go deeper down the rabbit hole yeah. uh, if, if this hadn't been stopped. But, you know, reading some from, from guys like Austin Price and Trey Wallace who were in that courtroom the day, I mean, just the vibe was Tennessee resoundingly had won the day when, when the oh, court yeah. hearing was going on. That The NCAA really, like you said, didn't have any facts in order. Um, there was a que- – I can't remember what the question was, but the judge had asked them a question. They totally fell on their face on the answer. Um and it just kind of seemed like Tennessee undressed them uh, on in the courtroom. And so Tennessee gets a big win. College football gets a big win. Uh, the NCAA dealt another uh, tough blow. Um, in basketball action, Tennessee, the men now up to number four in the top 25 after avenging the brutal loss to Texas A&M. They crushed the Aggies when they come calling into Knoxville. Rick Barnes earns his 800th win as a head coach, and now four games left in the regular season. It's not going to be easy. Alabama, Auburn, South Carolina, Kentucky, they're all ranked. But Tennessee tied with Alabama for the SEC lead as they hunt for the SEC regular season title. They play Alabama tomorrow night. And, uh, Jordan, a chance to, uh, to, to make some history here and go on a good run and set yourself up in the SEC tournament, which, you know, Coach Suter and I were talking about this the other night. The SEC tournament this year, you feel like there's legitimately six to seven teams that have a shot of making some serious noise. The SEC is pretty deep this year. It is. It's one of the best conferences, if not the best conference in, in college basketball. I think personally it is, just looking at it top to bottom. Um, you know, one thing, you know, Tennessee's being, being in first right now, has an opportunity to win the conference. And I know some people may say, well, man, look at this brutal stretch, and they may end up not winning it because of this brutal stretch. But what we got to remember here is, there's four ranked teams you're playing here late in February into early March. And would you not rather be playing really good teams as you get ready for postseason play compared to maybe playing some of the bottom teams in the conference? I mean, that if I'm Coach Barnes, I'm happy with this. This is an opportunity to find tool our uh, our team and, and honestly get ready to, to play postseason basketball, which we know, you know, they're looking past the next couple weeks. They're looking into the district or the district. They're looking into the SEC tournament, into the NCAA tournament. Those are the big, big things they want to accomplish this year. So, John, I and mean, you may have a different opinion, but I think it's, I think it's huge that Tennessee's playing really good competition down the stretch. Well, and you boost the resume right now when you're really close to pushing for a one seed. You know, I think a yeah. lot of people think, you know, you've got three that are pretty well locked in in Arizona, Purdue, 
and a UConn that everybody's pretty confident mm-hmm. are going to take three of those four one seeds. But everybody's pretty pretty much saying that fourth one is way up for grabs right now. Yeah. Um, and so Tennessee, if you boost this resume and win, perhaps win the SEC, the door to a one seed is still there for you. And especially with the chance if you can sweep this this stretch and even maybe go three and one in this stretch, yeah. um, that adds to your resume, makes it look really good. And then if you can go win the title, um, who knows? But like you said, I, I think this gives you a chance to put yourself in a great rhythm heading into March and uh, when the basketball is really going to count. So. Um, a huge yeah. opportunity here. Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, obviously you want to go undefeated here. I mean, you want to win all four oh, of yeah. them. But you know the way the way you look at this is if you go two and two, if you go three and one. I mean, heck, if you win one of the four, obviously you may fall out of that one seed category and you may lose the SEC regular season. But at the end of the day, you're playing four of the best teams in the conference down the stretch when you're getting ready for the postseason. So I, I look at it as a great opportunity for the Vols for sure. Well, and the odds are to win the SEC tournament, you're going to have to see one, perhaps two, yes. perhaps three of these teams again. Yes. So it's almost <laughs> like you get a, an early look at them if you haven't already yeah. played them. I and mean, you've already played Kentucky once. You already played South Carolina once. So you know what, what they're bringing to the table. But, I mean, the likelihood is, I mean, Alabama, Auburn, South Carolina, Kentucky, you might have – you probably are going to have to see at least one of those two teams or four teams again. And so mm-hmm. kind of get, get, get a chance to get the – early look at them before you head into the tournament. Uh, one final note before we take a break. Uh, as spring training starts up, the Cardinals have signed four-time gold glover Brandon Crawford, trying to add some depth at shortstop. So I guess uh, we're going to have to get the nursing home ready, Jordan, because uh, the Cardinals <laughs> um, continue to make their roster older and older. And, uh, look, I hope they have a good year. I hope it, it can't be much worse than, than the garbage that was rolled out last year. But um, – I just I, – I don't even know what they're doing. You're not getting your hopes up is what you're saying. No, I have no hope yeah. this year. I, I haven't had hope for a while. I have hope that they can win the division and then they will get bounced because inevitably the offense will go absolutely cold in the, in the postseason and they'll just crumble. That's that's typically been what the uh, the, the recipe has been lately. And so. it's why we're talking baseball. It's close. It is. It's close, man. Spring training going, man. We got spring training rolling right now, so – Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into some of the national headlines from the week. It's the Tri-State Sports Program presented by Tyson Foods in Obion County and the Hawks Nest. Northwest Tennessee and Western Kentucky, it's time for a career change, and we know the perfect place for you. Tyson Foods in Obion County. Tyson Foods is hiring, and it's easy to apply. Just stop by and see the friendly staff at the Tyson Foods Hiring Center in Union City. Tyson is currently hiring for general production and many other positions, and they are looking to fill all shifts. Come see the team at the Tyson Hiring Center located off Real Foot Avenue in Union City. The hiring center is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Come be a part of the Tyson team. Tyson Foods is an equal opportunity employer, including disability and veterans. Segment two on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Obion County as we get into some of the national headlines of the week. We'll start with the NFL, who's gearing up for the NFL Draft Combine, the NFL Draft and NFL free agency as the new league year is going to start on March 13th. So we're about two weeks away uh, from that. Uh, Just getting to some of the notes of the week. Justin Fields is starting to get more and more frustrated as the trade rumors continue to swirl around him with the NFL draft approaching. Went on a podcast recently and said, just let me know if I'm getting traded. Let me know if I'm staying this and that. He's obviously, uh, to to say that publicly is kind of interesting. 
and unfollowed um, several of the social accounts of the Bears and stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Obviously, uh, he's getting tired of, of the will-they-won't-they they act and, and kind of wants some clarity on that. Uh, Russell Wilson hilariously says he still wants to win two more Super Bowls. Um, I, too, would like to win two Super Bowls, Russell Wilson. Um, the Bengals have announced they're going to use their franchise tag on T. Higgins. That'll pay him $21.8 million guaranteed in 2024. The NFL salary cap has shot up to $255.4 million. That is an unprecedented increase of $30 million in salary cap money for the NFL coming into this offseason. Four-time Pro Bowl defensive back Xavier Howard released by the Dolphins to avoid a $25.9 million cap hit. Jason Kelsey still uncertain about his NFL future. The Chiefs are working on a new contract for Andy Reid to make him the highest paid coach in the NFL. And no franchise tags are coming for a huge NFL running back free agent class that's going to include names like Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and Austin Eckler. Jordan, a lot going on here. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, a, a couple of things that uh, affect me as a Titans fan. Obviously, T. Higgins was one of the receivers that was linked to possibly the Titans uh, this offseason. Uh, you know, seeing that the Bengals announced that they're going to use their franchise tag on him, uh, yeah, that 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 was a little disappointing. And then also the Derrick Henry news, uh, where no franchise tag from the Titans was coming for Henry. Uh, I mean, obviously, something we expected, John. But I mean, when you're a fan and you know this is a really good player, uh, when it finally comes out, it it definitely hits a different way, um, especially with a guy that's done so much for the organization. He's certainly looks to be on his way out. Um, Jason, the Jason Kelsey stuff, I, I don't understand. I, I like Jason Kelsey, but, uh, you know, it was reported that he was retiring, and then he said, oh, I didn't say that, but he kind of did say that. And then, uh, you know, later in his podcast, he's talking about how he never really came out and said directly he was done. Um, and it just – something seems weird there. I almost feel like that he's trying to get away from the Eagles, and maybe I, I think he may even try to join his brother. I mean, it's uh, – it's a weird situation. Um, maybe take a year or two off and come back. I don't know. At his age, I don't think he could do that. Um, but that's definitely something to, to watch there. And then, of course, Andy Reid. Well, I, I got to say, before I get to Andy Reid, Russell Wilson saying he wants to win two more Super Bowls is just like, bro, you're not even – you can't even compete for a Super Bowl right We're now. We're waiting to find out when you're getting cut from your yeah, you're, you're fixing to get fired. Like, you're fixing to not have a job, as Charles Barkley said on the All-Star Weekend there in the NBA. Um, and then the, the Chiefs, I mean, Andy Reid deserves it. Uh, he, he has a lot of people to credit, but he's he's also a heck of a coach. And, you know, he was a big factor in convincing them to draft uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and look how, how well that's worked out. I think the salary cap thing is fascinating to me because yeah. we, you know, we, we've sat here a little bit and talked about this, and I explained this not too long ago. You know, we, we complimented Tom Brady and the Patriots so long for their roster building. You know, Brady taking massive pay cuts so they could build around him. Well, now you're t you're taking a look at around the rest of the league. Dak Prescott's making absurd money. Justin Herbert's making absurd money. Of course, Mahomes is making absurd money. But it makes that when you want to – when we're having this never-ending chase to pay our quarterback the highest amount of money ever for a quarterback, you, it affects the roster building now for, for the rest of the team. But now yeah. that all of a sudden $30 million extra dollars that you can use – is on the table, roster building can get a whole lot easier for some of these general managers, and you can really put some nice pieces around some of these teams. And so I'm curious from your perspective, Jordan, who do you think takes advantage of this the most coming into this offseason? Because that is a significant jump in the salary cap that now some teams like the Chargers, who are, have a lot of money sunk into 
Justin Herbert can perhaps build around him. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And then you got Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. I mean, there's so many options here where teams can really start spending more. Yeah, the three you just mentioned are three that I that I think of right off the bat. I, I think L.A. with you know with the hiring of, of Jim Harbaugh, and many feel like that's a slam dunk and a splash hire. I think it's a good hire. Obviously, I think they needed to move on and, and come up with a coach that they thought could develop Herbert even more and take them to to new heights. And obviously, I think that's that's a team that that's got to keep building. I mean, they've got to protect Herbert. They have some really good players, really good skill players. I think they can build around. Uh, I think this is a team that's that's win ready now. If if they got the right guy leading them, I think Harbaugh can be that. So uh, I think it starts with LA. I mean, you mentioned Cincinnati. That that definitely that's going to help them. Uh, but even the, you look at the Titans, man. I mean, it, this helps them. I mean, this is a team that's that really needs to rebuild completely. Um, and they already had a lot of money anyway that they could spend this off season. So this only helps that. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how it works out for several teams. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think general managers had to love that. I mean, it's like Adam, oh, yeah. Schefter, said, or it was Adam Schefter, one of the NFL Network guys, saying businesses. Ian Rappaport, actually, I think was who it was, kind of listed out the jumps over the last couple of years, and you know, maybe six to eight million a year, ten million here and there. Thirty was just nuts, and so uh, business yeah, is booming. And you know, the Cowboys can't get to the Super Bowl, so let's add it. Let's make it a little bit, a uh, little bit bigger, so we can see if they can sign a few more players. <laughs> I had to, man. I'm, I'm oh, too easy. I just want to show. It's low-hanging fruit. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the NBA, Doc Rivers apparently told Bucks owners when they called him about replacing Adrian Griffin, I'll be honest, I don't know why you're doing this. Um, that's, oh, wow. Yeah. You didn't see that? You did not see that. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can get into that here in a minute. Um, Nikola Jokic continues to be on a historic tear. He's the third player now to record a triple-double against every team he's played against. And now the second player to record multiple triple doubles where that player shot 100% from the floor. I mean, the Joker is just unbelievable. The Warriors have given Steve Kerr a two-year $35 million extension, makes Kerr the highest paid coach in NBA history. And then the, the, the Heat and the Pelicans had a big fight last week. Four players ejected, several suspended. Jimmy Butler hosted uh, a couple of the guys that were suspended from the Heat, and they had a watch party. Uh, to watch the heat game that they were suspended from. I mean, because that is what Jimmy Butler does. I mean, you just got to you gotta love, love it. it. But go love ahead and it. comment on the Doc Rivers thing there. First of all, shout out Jimmy Butler. I've always really liked him. That's hilarious that he did that. The Doc Rivers thing, I mean, I, what else do you say besides uh, this is hilarious? I mean, this is a, a guy that you're fixing to hire as your head coach, and he goes, instead of being confident saying, yeah, I can help you, he goes, man, I don't know why you're doing this. I don't. I don't know why you're calling me. I mean, it's almost like, bro. I mean, when you're still going to say, "All right, come on, man, be all right, coach." It's just, it's just wild to me. I'm going to see if I can find the full quote. He said, uh, "Personally, I'll be honest. I told ownership when they called. I don't understand why you're doing this. One of the things they said, well, it doesn't matter. We've done it now, and we want you. So that was a tough one. That's where the hesitation, I guess, it, it kind of trails off. But uh, yeah." Um, to be brutally honest with the guys who are trying to give you a job. <laughs> very, hey, very seems honest. Lacey yeah. is honest. Uh, spring training is underway. The Dodgers, with their new toys, they've already looked really, really good. Um, and uh, they are going to be a tough, tough team uh, to beat this year in the National League West. Cody Bellinger is re-signing with the Cubs on a three-year $80 million deal that includes opt-outs after the first and second year in college football, UMass it has has decided to join the MAC starting in 2025. And I read the other day where the MAC is actually looking to add 
few more teams as well because I don't know why, but uh, the MAC, I guess, wants to make a few headlines. Uh, the big news last week out of college football was the college football playoff has officially made the swap to the 5-plus-7 model. So that means five the five highest-ranked conference champions will get automatic bids into the playoff, seven at-large bids. The four highest-ranked conference champions get buys. Notre Dame is ineligible for those as well, um, and they were ineligible for them when they, this whole process started. So, you know, most of the time what that four highest-ranked conference champions thing would mean is you pretty much your power four conference teams are guaranteed to buy unless for some reason you got a really good group of five team uh, that's up in the mix. But we know the committee hates the group of five, so don't hold your breath uh, on that. They do get the auto bid, though, if they're the highest ranked. There's already discussion coming out of that meeting, Jordan, swirling about a move to 14 or 16. We have not even seen – we haven't even seen the 12 team yet. Yeah, let's let us let us watch How in the that world? For a couple years. Let us have that for a couple of years first. I mean, come on. I mean, how do you even start talking 14, 16 when we don't even know what 12 is going to look like? Hey, I just here's my personal opinion, and you can tell me if it, this may be an awful take, but with the 12 team playoff, why why don't we just rank the 12 best teams and the four teams at the top get a buy? Who cares if it's two SEC teams in the top four? Who cares if it's two Big Ten teams in the top four? Let's we're gonna put the minds together. We already rank the top four anyway, right now. So why don't we just keep it the same way with the twelve team? Rank the twelve best teams in the top four. Get a buy, regardless of conference. That's the way I would do it. I don't hate the idea for sure. Um, I see where they're coming from with the conferences. They're trying to make the conferences happy here, and they're trying to make the group of five feel like they do at least get a seat at the table. Um, yeah, I, that's where they're trying to come from here. Is it like, one of those? Is it one of the the short set the the small seats? You know, everybody else gets to sit in like the the seats at the. Level of the table, but the group of five, so I get the short seat. Beside. Yeah, that's that's what we're, that's what they're. You know, I mean, otherwise they would, you know, they would make this available for others. Because I mean, let, let's be real here. I mean, most, if not all, of these auto bids uh, or the the not the at large bids are going to end up going to an SEC or a Big Ten team. I mean, it, it just you may have in the occasional year if Clemson ever gets back to being relevant. Um, you know, them or Florida State could both make it. Um, in the Big 12, I, you're probably looking at Utah coming out of there this year. But, I mean, that, here's here, here's the crazy thing about this. You could have a 9-3 and three Utah win the Big 12 and get a bye or a, you know, 8-4 and four ACC champion or 10-2 and two ACC champion get a bye. And then, like you said, you have a bunch of 11-1s and ones or 12-0s and O's who, you know, they didn't get the bye. Uh, because they didn't win their conference. I mean, yeah. it, it's going to be odd. But, uh, hey, new era of college football, it's it's all – It's what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Alabama has parted ways with longtime radio broadcaster Eli Gold and former Chiefs and Commanders offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is joining UCLA as the offensive coordinator. What did you think of that move for Eric Bieniemy? Yeah, I was kind of shocked by that. I didn't think that that was a move he would make. Uh, I thought there would be another job for him available in, in the NFL um, somewhere on some offensive staff, not or offensive staff, not necessarily as a um, offensive coordinator, but I thought he would be on staff somewhere. So I was a little bit surprised by this, but I mean, obviously for you, uh, UCLA, this is a move that they feel good about, and we'll see how he does in college ranks. 
Well, and I think he's been in the college ranks before. He's from out that way, so it's kind of a homecoming of sorts. Um, but it will be interesting because this is a guy who was heavily targeted as an <clears throat> NFL head coach uh, prospect for a long time. It just never, ever, never panned out. And uh, somehow now he's found his way back into college. So uh, interesting thing to keep an eye on there. In uh, college basketball, Creighton crushed UConn last week into their 14-game win streak. The Huskies fall to number three in the new AP. Paul Houston goes to number one. Court storming. That has become the buzzword on all the debate shows, on all the desk shows. It is all about should we stop it? Should we continue it? Is it dangerous? What is it? As uh, all the rage after Duke Ford, Kyle Filipowski nearly injured his ankle during an incident at Wake Forest. He thinks it was intentional. Um, you've got people who are saying they have to ban it or they can ban it. Or I mean, it, We just keep going back and forth. I feel like we do this every time there's a court storming. I don't know that you're ever going to be able to stop it, Jordan. It's just part of it. It's part, it's, it's, it's part, of, it's part of college basketball, man. That's what I was going to say. It, it's what makes college basketball college basketball. Man. It, it's is part of it. It makes it fun. It makes it fun to cover. It makes it fun to watch. Um, it's it's different than the NBA. I mean, and obviously in the WNBA at that, women's and men's is way different uh, than the professional leagues. But that's kind of what you want when you're a college basketball fan. You've, you're going to have exciting things happen. Uh, you're going to have big upsets. And, heck, we love the tournament because of what what team, you know, lower-level teams can do in the tournament. So that's what the that's what it's all about, man. There's going to be upsets. There's going to be things happen. There's going to be student support. Uh, but that's what makes college athletics so special. Well, and the thing, too, and I was talking to someone at church about it the other day, it's rich coming from Duke, and, you know, typically you find a lot of these blue blood programs that are the ones who complain about it, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, uh, UCLA, Kansas, all those, because the thing is they don't ever rush the court because they, you know, it's never – it's the court being rushed against them, you know, Mm -hmm. because – they're the you know the blue bloods you know they're they're the team every year that that's supposed to be really good, um, and so I I mean you can try to ban it if you want good luck I, I don't think you're ever going to be able to do that though um, I think you're just going to find a way security wise to get those players out of there get the coaches out of there as fast as you can if you're an opposing team um, because once it starts it's just a flood and uh, it's it's not going to slow down um, an idea got floated out last week that I think might be among the dumbest the NCAA has tried, and that is expanding the NCAA tournament field to 96 teams. Um, and I think it was – I saw Jay Billis basically say, and I couldn't agree more, that it has to mean something. You have to earn your way into this field. Yes. Like, you, we can't just be giving out bids left and right. Uh, because, I mean, and it goes back to the 14 playoff in college football. It goes into this tournament as well. Every year we say there's teams who didn't get in that should have gotten in. That's part of it. That's part of the intrigue. That's part of this whole process of brackets and tournaments and things like that. But even if we expanded it to 96, we're going to say, well, Team 97 or Team 98 should have gotten in. But to me, you've got it perfect right now. You don't need to add any more teams. People tune in for 68 as it is. Why do you need 96? I mean, that just seems way too much. It does. I don't. I don't really understand. You know, expanding it right now at sixty-eight. That's quite a few teams. Obviously, they, and you know, I don't know how long ago it's been now, but when they added the the play-in games, that was fun because you got some teams on prime time uh, that typically wouldn't be on prime time television. 
uh, and trying to earn their way into the tournament. But I, I think it's a horrible idea. I mean, 90 plus that's adding 30 something teams, man. I just don't see the point in that. Yeah. Well, and I think they've had it in its current construction at, you know, the 64 team field for at least 20 to 30 years. And they added that, you know, the, the four team play in about 10 years ago, like you said, it's been great. And I, you know, I think about it from the standpoint of, you know, both you and I went to UTM a small school that if it ever gets into the tournament, probably going to be 15, 16, somewhere on that mm-hmm. line. And uh, Hey, look, if you play another mid-major school and you beat them in that playing game, it counts as an NCAA tournament win. You know, your odds of going up against Kansas or, North Carolina or whoever waits on the other side as your one seed are, are slim of beating them. But if, hey, I can get a win in prime time and beat a team in this playing game to say, hey, we got an NCAA tournament win as a program, I think that's something to hang your hat on. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely something to hang your hat on for sure. But, I mean, I, if, if you water it down and, and you, you add that many teams, what you're doing is that some of the mat, some of the teams that get in there, they have no shot. Like if you, if you have 96, 96 against one, I mean, come on. There, there's yeah. there's there's no shot that it's ever going to happen to me. I mean, we say that with with 64, but it does happen some. I just don't think it would be as fun. Obviously, the tournament would be longer. Um, I don't know. I just I think there would be less steam about it if you yeah. had that many. Uh, one last highlight to last thing to note before we take a break: William Byron winning the start of the NASCAR season at the Daytona 500. A crazy finish in NASCAR at that race. Um, as that's one of the biggest racing events of the year. So congrats to William Byron. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Region tournaments underway across West Tennessee. We'll give you an update on where things stand on both the girls and the boys' side. After this on the Tri-State Sports Program, presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Obion County. If you're looking for a place to sit back, relax, and have some fun, check out the Hawk's Nest in Martin. Each week, they have weekly specials, including $2 tacos on Tuesday, both beef and chicken. Also on Wednesday, check out the best wings in Weekly County with 50-cent wings at the Hawk's Nest. Thursday, karaoke and also deals on pizza and many other food items. Also on Friday and Saturday night, be sure to check out live music, DJs, karaoke, and more. And don't forget, folks, they're open on Sunday, so be sure to stop by and support your favorite teams as all the games will be on the tune at the Hawk's Nest. 105 Church Street in Martin. Segment three on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Obion County. It is perhaps the busiest time of the year in high school basketball as we are narrowing our fields down and getting prepared for region championships as well as sub-state games and then, of course, down to eight for the state tournament. The girls last night had the region semifinals all across the state. We'll start there as we have region championship games to look ahead to there. The two-time defending 1A state champion McKenzie Lady Rebels eliminated last night in the region semis by Wayne County. They were one of this year's favorites. and or Wayne County was one of this year's favorites. 44-26 Wayne County, who's been a force in the state tournament for the last couple of years, eliminating the two-time champs, and now they'll look to go and win one as well. In Region 7A, Humboldt survives Gleason, but then annihilated last night by South Fulton, 80-40 to over at UT Martin. Union City upsetting Middleton on the road, but their season ended in another thriller with Greenfield, 36-33. Brindley Littles shot with nine and a half seconds to go, carries the day for Greenfield. And so Greenfield and South Fulton, round four for the region title on Wednesday night. 
So, Jordan, on the single-A front, what sticks out to you from those two region tournaments? Yeah, obviously, when you see McKenzie go down in, in that you know that fashion, it, it shocks you, obviously. I mean, expected that game to be really close, hated those two teams had to, to match up. I think there was an upset in the, in the district tournament that ended up uh, where those two teams matched up in the in the region semifinals. Um, but tough loss for them. Uh, I, I did see a little bit of uh, the Union City girls game after it was over. I went back and watched a little bit of it last night. Uh, down the stretch of the game, man, it, it was nuts. Get, you know, had the, got the steal and then got the layup to take the lead and uh, just really hated to see how it ended uh, for such a fun, fun team. Uh, Coach Story, what he was able to do this year and what he was able to bring out uh, for Union City was really fun to keep up with through you and, and through watching the games as well. Um, so I, I obviously wish them the very best. They got a lot of, a lot of young talent coming back next year. Yeah, plenty to build on for next year. Uh, three freshmen who saw significant minutes this past year, a couple of juniors who will be seniors next year, um, will be a nice blend of experience and uh, and youth coming back <clears throat> next year for Coach Story and his group as a great season finishes, 16-16 and 16, uh, for a team that got better and better as the year went on. On the AA side, Huntington moves on to the region championship game. They've blown by Hickman County and East Hickman. Westview knocks off Riverside and Scotts Hill. They're back to the region championship game. And, of course, we'll have a sub-state game as well as they look to, for still a shot to defend their 2A crown, back-to-back 2A crowns, as obviously uh, it's not been the season Westview normally has had. They've been down this year with some injuries and just not what you know, not the depth that they've had in previous years. But they're back to the region championship game to take on Gibson County, who destroyed Madison Magnet and found a way to get by Peabody who gave Gibson County quite the game last night, 53-40, though, the Lady Pioneers moving on. And so it's Gibson County-Westview Part 4 on Wednesday night with the winner hosting a sub-state game and the loser on the road. But Gibson County this year with Micah Hart, Jordan, has been just a machine. Um, Going to be tough for, for Westview to find a way to end this little skit. They're special, man. They're really special. It's This is a really good team, obviously, Coach Wilkins has had uh, several really good teams. I think this one's a lot different, and uh, especially guard play. I mean, I know they've had some good, car- really good guards, but what Hart's been able to do this year, Michael Hart, has been uh, incredible for them. Yeah, uh, just a tremendous season uh, for Gibson County at the moment. In the AAA ranks, Jordan's had a front row seat to this one. We'll give him the floor in just a moment. Chester County all over Fairview, and then last night grinding past Sycamore to reach the region championship game. Jackson Southside destroys Montgomery Central, and then Creekwood, they set up another meeting with Chester County. That's on Wednesday night. Dyersburg, Oliver Bolton, and O'Brien County, they're back to the region title game. South Gibson upsetting Fayette Ware on the road, and then last mm-hmm. night, an upset over Crockett County. They're going to play Dyersburg and get a sub-state game on Wednesday night. In the AAA ranks, Covington takes on Middleton and 8A for the region title. Jordan, go ahead, take it away. Yeah, I mean, in six AAA, obviously, um, some really good basketball last night. Uh, two girls semifinals. We covered both of them on the Sports Seven Three One Network. Uh, Chester County, what they were able to do last night. Uh, you know, it was it was kind of a a grinded out win, as you put it, uh, against Sycamore. Uh, things weren't going well early in the game. I, I think it was eighteen fifteen at the end of the third quarter. Wow. Um, and, and they finished with 39 points. So they, they went off in the fourth quarter, and it was Jari Williamson, pretty much one player. She had 24. I don't. I, I may be a little bit off here, but, John, I know she had a double-double. She had 24-12 and was 11 of 12 from the free throw line, I believe. 
and she was uh she went off. I mean, and and you know, we talked to Coach Pipkin after the game for Chester County, and she told us that uh she, she at halftime, Jariah said, We're not losing. I'm a senior, we're not losing in the elimination game, I'm fixing to take over. And she did. She she honored exactly what she said. She's a special player. Uh Coach McNeil, I I told I told him this last night. I just don't get it. I mean, because he has so many different teams every year, like they're always built differently. But one thing they always do is they defend. I mean, they defend the full length of the floor. Um, they guard you. They may not be scoring that great. They may Their offense may be awful, but they're still typically leading games just because they're forcing a ton of turnovers, and they're making people turn the ball over constantly. And I think um, for Creekwood, yeah, Creekwood last night, they had 26, 27 turnovers in like the midway through the third quarter. And South, Southside's dominant on the defensive end, and, and they did more of, the, more of that last night. And uh, Jaden Askins, the junior, got going. Um, had a double double as well, I believe, and just a big night for her. And uh, Southside just uniquely finds ways to win games. I mean, every year, and they get to this moment, they're poised for it. They've been here before. Askins last night said, uh, "We've been here. This this isn't enough for us. I mean, we we're going back to the region championship. Whoop de do. We want to get to the state tournament. I mean, that's the confidence they have. And this this part four is is going to be fun. Southside Chester County girls." Jariah Williamson, Kamora Curry, Jay Naskins, those matchups, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Going to be a lot of fun. What about South Gibson, who's had their fair share of injuries, up and down season, upsetting Fayette Ware on the road. They were a one seed on that side of the bracket. And then at Crockett County, where the district tournament was – or the region tournament was being held, knocking off the Cavaliers in their home gym by two – and moving on to the region championship game to take on a really good Dyersburg squad. What a year uh, Coach Embry and that group has had. Yeah, it's, it's been phenomenal. I mean, honestly, what they've been able to do is, uh, you know, they've, they've been consistent throughout the season and then being able to go on the road and, and beat Fayette Ware is, is, is always tough. It's always a tough place to play. I think you've been down there to cover a game, and uh, the environment's always there, um, you know, and, and they're always really excited for their team. So, yeah, that's a long way, long way for South Gibson to go, especially in the elimination game, and, and they found a way to win it. So yeah, big credit to them. Moving on to the the girl or the private school side, congratulations USJ advancing to the D two A state tournament. They got the win over Silverdale. So the matchups tonight to keep an eye on: region semifinal games in the boys. Of course, Jordan will be on the call for the region six AAA semis: Creekwood, Jackson, Southside, Chester County, Fairview. We'll be on the call on Froggy 99.3, myself and Coach Suter for Union City and Middleton. This is what it looks like tonight. Wayne County, Houston County in the Region 6A semis. McKenzie versus Frank Hughes in the other. In the Region 7A semis, it's Humboldt versus Gleason and Union City Middleton. In the AA semis in Region 6, East Hickman versus Huntington and Camden versus Hickman County. Region 7 AA semifinals, Milan versus Riverside, Ripley versus Westview. We mentioned the Region 6 AAA, Creekwood versus Jackson Southside, Chester County versus Fairview, and in 7 AAA, it's Dyersburg versus Bolivar, Haywood versus Fayetteware. A lot of intriguing matchups there yeah. on that docket tonight, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, Union City Middleton, I mean, that, those are two historic programs. Um, for you guys, I think that'll be a fun one. Um, Milan Riverside, Ripley Westview, I mean, you, you throw these, these games out, and this is what it's supposed to be this time of year. You're supposed to have really good matchups. And uh, the two games I'm covering, Creekwood Southside should be a phenomenal game. That's uh, that's it. that's going to be a great game. Creekwood's the district champ out of uh, District 11, a AAA. And then you've got um, 
Southside, the district runner-up out of 12 AAA, uh, who lost to Chester there in the overtime of the district championship. And, you know, all four of these teams are very capable of beating the other. Fairview had a guy go for 40 the other night against Northside. Wow. Uh, and he is a baller. I mean, he is a baller. And they're the two out of that district playing Chester County tonight. So I think all four of these games, or all, all four of these teams, two of these games for us tonight, uh, on our side at least, for me and Alex, are going to be great games. And I think you guys will have a great game as well. Yeah. Should be a fun night of basketball. These are some of the funnest nights of the year is when it's all in one central location. Game season's on the line, career's on the line, and uh, Union City Middleton going to tip off in just about three hours. We'll be on the air at 545. Hope you can tune in for that. We're going to take a break. Wanna, we'll come back. What's up, Jordan? Did want to update on a couple high school uh, head coaching jobs on the football yeah, side. Yeah. John Ross Hudson has been hired as the head coach. Uh, he's coming from Lexington over to Camden. He was the defense coordinator at Lexington. He took the head coaching job now at Camden. Mom's family's from that area, so very familiar with it. Uh, so that's that's a big news. And then also Clay McMackins uh, is the new head coach at Brewston. Got the opportunity to talk with him as well. Very excited about the opportunity. Uh, I think he's around 30. This is his first head coaching job. So big congratulations to both of those guys moving from coordinator positions into head coaching roles. Now, where did McMacken come from? I know you, you know Hudson coming from from Lexington. I had not heard of McMacken before. McMackens was the offensive coordinator this year for Brewston, uh, okay. but he'd been out of coaching about five years. He'd only ever coached at the college level at Fairmont University, um, Henry. Some, was it Brian and Henry College or something like that's where he played? Hmm. Um, nowhere around West Tennessee. He actually it was a relationship that brought him to Brewston last year. And then huh. he fell fell into the role of being the head coach this year, but uh, very humble, very excited guy, and obviously a uh, big congrats to to both of those guys who are getting the opportunity to be head coaches. Yeah, congrats to both those guys. Good luck in the new gigs, and uh, we'll see how. We still got some jobs out there too. There's a couple yeah. that are really good. That we're waiting to see if they yeah. get filled. McNary Lexington State. has uh, has still not been filled, right? Lexington hasn't been filled. Uh, McNary Central still available as yeah. well. Uh, I think those teams are getting closer. I mean, you get to this point, you've got winter workouts going on. So um, spring practice is right around the corner, which is wild to, to think of. But, yeah, I mean, these these jobs are, are getting closer, I think you would think, uh, to being filled, and we'll, we'll see what happens down the stretch. We will indeed. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show with the stock market after this on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Obion County. Northwest Tennessee and Western Kentucky, it's time for a career change, and we know the perfect place for you. Tyson Foods in Obion County. Tyson Foods is hiring, and it's easy to apply. Just stop by and see the friendly staff at the Tyson Foods Hiring Center in Union City. Tyson is currently hiring for general production and many other positions, and they are looking to fill all shifts. Come see the team at the Tyson Hiring Center, located off Real Foot Avenue in Union City. The hiring center is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Come be a part of the Tyson team. Tyson Foods is an equal opportunity employer, including disability and veterans. Final segment of the show today on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Obion County as we get into the stock market for the final segment of the show today, buying, selling, different propositions, uh, theories, um, lists sometimes, or takes, whatever you want to call it. Uh, one take that is swirling, Jordan, in the NFL, Kirk Cousins. Uh, will he be on the move or will he go back to Minnesota? But Atlanta seems to be a trendy name connected to him. So buy or sell Kirk Cousins in a Falcons uniform in 2024. I'll sell. I'll take the field. Just taking the field. You yeah, know. I mean, I, I just think I, I can't see it really. 
I mean, I, I, I guess there's been some ties, but I'm not bought in on February 27th, so I got to sell this, man. The only link I can really pin is his wife being from the Atlanta area or from okay. Georgia. So there is that one connection. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think he's quite content in Minnesota. Um, so I think I'll sell as well. I, I just think I, I don't really see him him on the move. Buy or sell Justin Fields traded before the NFL draft, or at least we see a resolution before the NFL draft. God, traded. Uh, I keep I keep going back and forth on this because I someday like there are some days if you talk to me one day I may tell you hey they're they're going to draft Caleb Williams and they're going to do it with Justin Fields and there's other days I, I feel like they're going to keep Justin Fields. Um, I, I'm gonna. This is a tough one for me. I think they – I'm going to sell this, and here's why. Okay. I think they trade him on draft night. Oh, okay. Do you think before they pick number one or after they pick number one? After. Hmm. So, Kate, they take Caleb, trade they take Caleb. And they, well, I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to take Caleb, but everybody knows at that point that they're going to make a trade down the stretch of the draft. That's a bold prediction, but I'll, I'll go with it. I'm going to say they trade him before. I'll buy. Um, wow. Get some assets. Hey, I like that's you true. Can, I like this it. is a team that they're tired of being awful. They know if you're if you know you're going to draft Caleb Williams, trade him now and, and get. This is what I would do at least, but I don't know that the Bears will do this. But hey, get the get some extra assets, get some more picks, and uh, that way you've got plenty of, of assets that you can build use to build around Caleb Williams, so that maybe if you're in Chicago. You're not embarrassed by your football team in 2024. I don't know, but maybe they, that makes too much sense. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, but that's where I'm at. Jason Kelsey will play in the NFL in 2024. Just because this has been going in circles so long that he's not done, I'm going to buy this. I think he plays. I think he plays. And if he wasn't playing, he'd already let you know, right? He at least has to let him know before the draft, right? Surely. I mean, obviously, I know there's no rule on that, but what I'm getting at is, I mean, wouldn't you think that? I mean, I I would. I just – I don't know, man. I am so torn on this. Like you said, it keeps going back and forth, back and forth. I'm going to sell for now because it, it just – it certainly seems he is in no rush to come back right now. Um, that doesn't mean he doesn't, but, uh, right now I think trending wise now, granted again, like you were saying with Justin Fields, you asked me two days from now, maybe there's something that comes out and I'm like, okay, yeah, he's going to play. I'll sell as of February 27th, but man, I I don't know. Uh, the college football playoff will be at 16 teams by 2026. By 2026 I'll sell, but they do love money. So, uh, it will happen eventually. Yeah, the only reason I put 2026 is the current contract is up in two years, which would put them with the ability to expand this thing to 14, to 16, to 24, to 32. You know, they do whatever they wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll sell for now, but uh, they're going to expand this thing. I mean, they they're they're going to they're going to do it. It's going to happen. The NCAA tournament will remain at 68 teams. There's no expansion that's going to come. It should, uh, but again, I mean, it's an opportunity to sell more TV contracts and have more games. 
if you give me a timeline of five years from now, I'd say sale probably going to be more. Uh, but right now I buy that it stays at 68 at least for the next few years. I'm going to buy as well. I, I just, well, I don't, I'm buying it because I don't want it to happen. That's the main reason. Yeah, well, <laughs> I agree with that. I just think, too, the other side of this is the backlash. I don't know that they're ready to handle that because, again, they have taken so many losses um, it, with all these things lately. Uh, th this is just a bad, bad idea for the NCAA. Court storming will be banned within three years, and it's still not going to stop people from rushing the court. They'll put they'll make it very hard to rush the court if they try to ban it. I think with you know the people that they'll put in place to stop those those people trying to rush. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it eventually gets banned. I'll buy that part, and I agree with you. I mean I think it'll be hard to stop them, but um, I guess I'll stick with yeah. It gets it gets banned. I'll buy it. Yeah, I'm gonna. There, there's just too much chatter about this which i think is dumb it's 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 a soft society john that's what well, it's what it is that's that's oh. exactly why i'm buying <laughs> because the whining will not stop they'll continue to do it they're everybody's soft everybody can oh someone got hurt if you were if you were conducting an interview with a coach would it bother you at all it wouldn't bother me i think it's fun that'd be part of the environment that'd make it fun yeah yeah that's, look, that's part of the fun of when, you know, when you're watching a college football or college basketball game, the play-by-play -play guy goes, somewhere down in that throng is, insert the sideline reporter's name, standing yeah. by with Coach K or standing by yeah. with, who you know, like, yeah. that's part of it. I mean, that's what it's about, man. It's all about. Uh, and finally, Tennessee basketball will win the SEC regular season title. Man, this is a tough stretch. How many do they have to win? Did we say? Um, I know well, they're tied on, with Alabama. So it depends on what happens everywhere else, I guess, too. I'm gonna sell. I just think this is too tough. I think they finished second. Let's see here. I mean, look Watch at this. them win out. They might win out. So right now, the top four, you've got Bama and Tennessee, both eleven and three. They actually they're playing each other uh tomorrow night. So that, that's going to have massive implications. That would give the winner of that game pretty much the edge uh, going down the stretch. South Carolina and Auburn are both a game back at 10-4. and four. And Tennessee has to play both of them um, down the stretch. I'll buy, man. They're playing good right now. Um, I think I think right now if they've got everybody activated. Zakai Ziegler is playing like a man possessed. Um, barring any catastrophic knock-on-wood injuries, um, I think they do it. Now, tournament title and the NCAA title, totally uh, different propositions. But uh, I'll buy I'll buy sitting here February 27th before this goes gauntlet. Go Vols. Go Vols. That's going to do it for our show today here on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Obion County. You can listen to Jordan and Alex Northcutt tonight as the, they're at the Region 7 or 6 AAA tournament. They'll be covering Ch Chester County and Jackson Southside. You can listen to myself and Coach Eddie Suter tonight at 6 o'clock, 545 airtime as Union City takes on Middleton. Do or die region 7A semifinal game at UT Martin. Hope that you'll we have, What's we, up? Have, we have confirmed we will be at a sectional as well on Saturday with Southside winning last night, girls. So we'll see what happens tonight. So There you go. I'm sure well, you guys, you guys will be next Monday. If, if the boys win tonight, right? If the boys win, we'll be somewhere. Who knows where? 
John says, put, put gas in the van and let's go. That's that's yeah. where we're at this point. Hopefully at home. That would be yeah. nice. But that would uh, be nice. One, one win at a time. So we'll see what Union City can do tonight. That's going to do it for our, our for our show here today. For myself, John Thornton, for Jordan Taylor, thanks to all of you for watching and listening wherever you did. Good afternoon and God bless from the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Opahing County.